Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Well, I am delighted that Mr. Alan Smith has decided to come off the farm, leave the cows, and come be with us and preach the word that he has today. I'm so excited because I believe, and I don't even know the word, but I know it's a timely word, what he's getting ready to share, and I know it's something that the Lord has given him. The Lord always gives him a word for the new year, and I know this year that um, he has a word for us, and I'm just, I'm so excited to, you know, you got to realize that he's a real papa in the faith to many people, many churches, many ministries. He's a real father over many ministries, and he's stewarding a lot of churches. You know, do you know that churches go through stuff, hard stuff sometimes? Sometimes you need somebody that can stand, that can step in in the midst of, of church drama and can kind of bring order to the house. Alan has been used many ways to step in to many churches that have gone through very difficult experiences. And he walks in and just kind of puts order in the place and establishes God's kingdom purposes and helps really bring a, a father's heart to the church. And so I, I want you to welcome a father in the faith to many churches who is also a covering for this church if y'all don't know that he is our we've adopted him you know we're like he, he we're like cats you know he didn't adopt us we adopted him we came to his house <laughs> so we've embraced him and i'm so glad we did so would you all warmly welcome alan smith as he comes to share today just give him a big hand There we go. Good morning. Good morning. Am I am I right? Yeah, you're good. I'm good. I hadn't been this good but one other time and I don't remember when it was. <laughs> good to see you. Go ahead. Gets a little closer. I think we're pretty close, huh? There we go. You should have felt it on this end. <laughs> oh, it's good to be here. Good to be in the house of the Lord with his people. And uh, there's, a, uh, there's a lot going on in the earth today. And as I'm sure you were all well aware of that. And it just so happens that we've been birthed and we're living in a time that's very, very interesting. And, you know, people are still trying to find the normal button in the last six months, and it's just not on there. You can't find it. It's just like normal's been removed from our realities. And uh, 
In one sense of the word, that's bad. In another sense of the word, that's good. It's because God doesn't want us to be normal. He wants us to be peculiar. And that's different than being normal. So we're constantly trying to find our place. Uh, you like my little picture there. Isn't that cute? And I do have a word for this year that the Lord gave me. It's all this future. And there's a... I know that I... Do I speak only in times and all those things? I do. Uh, I've spoke on them so much I'm about tired of hearing myself speak on them. Because the Lord says, Alan, there's a lot of future out here yet. There's a lot of future to be created and to be lived. And so I want to share a word that I believe the Lord did give me for this year. And we're already seeing it happening, actually. And um, see if my clicker's going to work here. Well, it's not yet. I've got it on. Well, it was working. Towards, actually, I'm going to the computer back there. I put a little thing in there. Is it still plugged up? Well, it was working when we started, wasn't it? I guess you could unplug it and plug it back, maybe. Uh, there is. I see her little pointer down there. <laughs> but something's got us. Well, Lord Jesus. I'm going to say how prophetic y'all are. Do y'all know what I was going to say? <laughs> I could save us all a lot of time here. Uh, so we'll. All right, go to number two there, see what happens. Did you do that, I guess? Or did I do that? Okay. Let her reboot up here now. Now let's see what we got. I, I think, did I do that? <laughs> I think I did that. Okay, let's try. Let's play like I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> Um, now this is the prophet Elijah as he looks out of the cave to see a beautiful array of colors it says in lights as he speaks to God. In other words, this was just a, a picture that I felt like gets us into the mood of, of what I'm shooting for here today. And uh, I don't think I'm clicking. There it is. The power of momentum. Now watch this. By redeeming time. Uh, this is the truth, I believe, for 2023. 
Now, there, I want you to consider this. Uh, in the beginning here, I'm going to take us through a little journey. And it's a, this is a spiritual uh, teaching, a prophetic teaching on the power of momentum. And that has a lot to do. We've got a little momentum going now with Asbury, right? Uh, the, the revival spirit is showing up at a lot of, it's popping here and there. And I can feel it here. You're just on the verge of just, it could pop at any second. And, and but what we want to consider, there, there is what I call a spiritual momentum that starts to build, that we start building upon. And it is a, um, as an example, I'm curious to see if I'm doing this or not. I think I did that. Did I do that? I believe in miracles. Okay. Now, Elijah was a man just like us. And it says this in James. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it uh, rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So he says here, my point here is Elijah was a man just like us. And when we read the Scriptures, we'll think that's kind of way out there somewhere. But no, there's something for us to gain here. He's a man exactly and just like us. <clears throat> God can use anything in this world to share His message, but He chooses to use ordinary people. One thing we find at the Asbury Revival now, and I've had uh, quite a few phone calls back from there, of different people. And they said that one thing that they're really conscious of is not allowing a man to touch it, if possible. And I've been in uh, several revivals, actually, in my life. One real, what I consider a big revival, three to five years long. And uh, it's amazing when that revival spirit is poured out that it's, it's hard to... You can't hardly do anything wrong. And you think I'm kidding, but it's like you could almost say the gospel backwards and it would still work. It's just amazing when the Holy Spirit's in the room and God's in the room how so much is getting done. And our prayer even today is that the Holy Spirit's saying more to you than I'm saying. Because it's uh, something that's to be caught and not necessarily taught. So he uses ordinary people, Leviticus if you walk in my statues and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in the due season. This was the scripture. And the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Now I want us to take notice here. Well, I think I clicked too quickly. Okay. If you see, I've got it underlined there. Walk in my statutes. You see that? Keep my commandments and do them. Walk in my statutes. Keep my commandments and do them. Okay, that's an instruction, but I want you to think of it just in a little different view. Walk in my statutes. Keep my commandments and then do them. Well, when you do them, 
is the beginning of a momentum. When we keep the commandments of the Lord and the statutes of the Lord, we think, okay, now God's happy with me. Well, if you accepted Jesus, He's already happy with you. So it, it's not a matter of making God happy. God's given us instructions on how to start a more spiritual momentum. Are you with me? Now just keep it in mind. We're going to, how do we build this spiritual momentum? The enemy is constantly, constantly trying to stop you from building momentum. Spiritual momentum. That's his job. That's what he wants to do. Because he knows this truth that I'm revealing to you to consider today. Now, the word momentum, let's look here. It's, uh, I'm going to break this down uh, in redneck Greek. What does momentum mean? It means momentum. It's a moment. Mm. That is what is momentum. The um means something that continues like the word continuum or like the word ultimatum, which means final. Which means final. So the moment um Momentum means that you have had a resolve in a single moment. You have come to a conclusion in a single moment. And that conclusion, when you agree with God's statutes and His commandments and His ways, when you make that agreement in that moment, it turns into a spiritual momentum. That's what you see happening in Asbury as an example, an easy example. That's what happens in revival. You have a resolve in a moment. That's what happened with the young man that got baptized. What was his, his name? Eshan. There is Eshan. He had a moment that he owned. He has started a new spiritual momentum in his life right now. You can mark this day on your calendar of the day that he started this momentum, this spiritual momentum. It's because he had a resolve. You don't get baptized with a maybe. Believe it or not, it takes a little guts to go up there in front of everybody and get wet, get ducked, Right? You're really dying to yourself that Christ might live. So he is now starting a momentum. Now the enemy wants to stop that momentum. The greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. Right? Now, just go with me here. So momentum is created by your movement... In the moment. And that is your final answer. A resolve. Now that sounds simplistic in one way, but it's revelatory in a prophetic way. We see that a resolve in a moment starts momentum. 
Did you know that you can take a train, especially in these mountains, it could have a hundred cars behind it, it could start down the hill, all of a sudden doesn't have any brakes, it's building up momentum, and there, there can be ten trucks sitting across the railroad hauling logs on, across the railroad, and that train gets to the bottom of a mountain and hits them, it'll just scatter them everywhere. Matter of fact, we had a train derailment here this past week that was something like that. What happens? How, not only can that train get so much momentum that when it has place of impact, it's explosive. But did you know at the top of the hill, I could take a little piece of metal, one inch by one inch by one inch, I can play it, place it in front of one of the wheels, and I can stop that train from building any momentum. But it has to be done in the beginning. It has to be done in the beginning. So we can see that the greatest battle of building momentum is the beginning. I'll give you another example. A lot of people get this notion that they want to work out, feel good, and I'm all for it. I'd like to hire somebody. If you could do it for me, I'd appreciate it. And we, we want to, to create a momentum so that we're healthier and we feel better. Did you know the hardest part of having a workout program? It's the first day of getting started. You can't get started. You can't have a resolve in a moment. Can somebody hear me? So the resolve in a moment is what starts momentum. We can wait on God to hit this place all we want to, or we can have a resolve. Can you hear me, somebody? You say, well, we got this will stop us or that will stop us. Well, we just want to wait on God. Wait on God. <laughs> He's already here. He's waiting on us. God's waiting on us. Is anybody catching on to that one? He's, he's waiting on us. So you're looking for that little piece of one inch by one inch by one inch piece of metal under your wheel. You've got to understand. You've got to remove the obstacle. You got to, the only thing you've got to do is understand momentum is a moment with an own. That's all you've got to remember. <laughs> and you come to resolve. Yes, I'm going to make a decision right now. You make the decision and you start in the moment. That is a spiritual move is what I want you to see. That is a spiritual move. That is the hardest part. Getting the train started is the biggie. Once it gets to rolling, you start gaining momentum. Are you with me? Now, let's move on quickly. In Luke 10, 27, and he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That starts momentum. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of physics, not that I'm a great physics teacher. 
So I'll put a disclaimer out here at the beginning. I didn't like physics. I never liked physics. And I wasn't that good at physics. I always figured if I needed something done with physics, I'd hire somebody that knew physics. <laughs> but then the Lord took me through this and I had to learn a little bit. Now what is physics? Um, with the momentum. Now let's look at this. You have natural law and then you have spiritual law, but the natural law gives us revelation of a spiritual law. Uh, uh, you're sitting in a, a chair in a seat right now, right? When you sat down in it, did you look at it and back up and say, ooh, I wonder if that's going to hold me up? Right? Nobody did. You just plopped yourself right down in it and said you had great faith at that seat. You had 100% faith in that chair is going to hold you up, right? Did you know, according to Revelation chapter 4, you can read it, that the, the first seat was not on earth, it was in heaven. You say, well, what's a seat got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. You're sitting in a copy called a chair or a seat. But they had seats in heaven before they were here. So the revelation that we get here was first in heaven. So we have what we call natural law, and the natural law, but this wasn't the first place we got it, it was in the heavens. So I'm going to show you a revelation right here. Now this is physics. The quantity of motion of a moving body, this is just physics, measured as a product of its mass and velocity. So you've got a mass and you've got a speed, train going down a hill, and that equals, and it's the, it's the quantity of the motion, and all right, let's go to Asbury, let's go to Spirit. You've got something in motion at Asbury. I had one uh, person tell me, he said, uh, let me word it the way he said, he said, um, he said, I'm, I, and he was at Asbury, he said, Alan said, I'm here, but he said, I'm not, I'm not seeing God do anything. He, and I said, well, well, what do you see? He said, all I can see is the hunger of people. I'm like, did he say what I just think he said? <laughs> what causes the momentum at Asbury? It's the hunger of the people. And the more people that go in, the more hunger that's present, the more the presence of God you can experience. Aren't we with it? So what brings the presence of God in here, in any place? It's the hunger of the people. It's not that you're sitting there and saying, God, touch me if you can. That's not what's happening. Even though I have seen that happen a couple of times. One time was to me, I went up to Toronto and I was going up there back. Do anybody remember the Toronto uh, Revival? And I went up there. I was going up there as an observer. Bad idea. <laughs> Don't go to a revival as an observer. A lot of people are going to Asbury as an observer. And, and so I went up to Asbury. And, and there again, as you go, go of, as an observer, you'll, I, I was really curious. A lot of people laying on the floor and flopping and carrying on, and, and I'd go up to people and I'd say, what, what are you feeling? And they're sitting there going like this. And 100% and of the time, 100% of the time, I was there late at night, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and everybody said, God loves me. 
And they were having such an encounter with the love of God that they couldn't even hardly say it. All right, I knew somebody was experiencing something that I wasn't. And I knew that. But I was honest and I just went, I, I was just so amazed. How are they encountering the love of God to that dimension? Uh, the next night, I was sitting there and I forget who was speaking. Uh, somebody seemed like it was Jack Taylor. It seems like that. And I was there and uh, all of a sudden I, I, I sounded like an old, trying to crank an old truck. I went, <laughs> and I thought, what in the world is that? It was coming out of me. <laughs> what is that? In a little bit, I, <laughs> and I thought, I feel a little giggly or something for some reason. Now, I'm honest with you. I'm very honest with you. I was not embracing that. Uh, God, I, I guess I was saying, God, God, touch me if you can. He said, okay, watch this. <laughs> and because I wasn't even thinking anything was funny, but all of a sudden, this spirit of laughter hit me, and I mean slapped the slobber out of me. <laughs> I'm telling you what's true. God touched me. I got laughter. I laughed uh, until I actually... I actually ended up underneath the chairs trying to cover myself with a coat, trying to muffle my laughter. It was loud. And uh, now this is embarrassing, but I'll tell it all to you right here. I'm going, to go, I'm going for broke. Uh, they asked me to, to get up and walk out of the, the meeting. Now, if you're asked to leave a meeting in Toronto, you're causing a disturbance. Trust me. Here's people flopping and they're shaking and they're jerking. And they're, but I was so loud. Now, here was my problem. I, I mean, there's no way I could have went out. They had to carry me out. And, but here was the problem. I thought I was going to die. I could not breathe. Anybody hear what I'm trying to tell you? Y'all ain't getting it. I couldn't breathe. So the Spirit of God got hold of me, and, and it was even dangerous going back on the plane with me. All of a sudden, it hit me, and it's just it's embarrassing. It was just embarrassing. And, and it took about a week, and it started subsiding. Well, it subsided before then. I mean, or they would have put me in the loony bin, I'm sure. But, uh, but then, but I, as, it, as I got several weeks out, I noticed that it deposited joy in me. When the laughter left, I was a happier person. I had more joy. I must have been a pretty sad fella, don't you think? For God to have to do that. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how I got sidetracked on that story. Oh, momentum, that's what it was. It's, it's, it's motion, it's a quantity of motion to move something. So God created a momentum in me at that outpouring. And the momentum, when, once it started, and once you realize the spiritual thing of momentum, once we realize what God's doing around the earth a little bit right now in an outpouring, uh, we want to catch it. Yes. We want to catch that. And you can say, well, Alan, are you just trying to duplicate it? Duplicate it. Yep. It's all right with me. Yes. And, and the reason is we're trying to catch the momentum. 
That's a spiritual term. I'm going to show you a little bit more about it. So that's what it is in physics. The momentum is gained by motion or by a series of events. So it's, 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 it's create, momentum is created by motion, quantity of mass versus a pressure against it. Momentum is also created by a series of events. Has anybody ever said this? If I have another bad thing happen to me this week, I'm just going to scream. Well, you got a momentum. It's just in the wrong direction. Okay? And it'll happen. Momentum's momentum. But we're wanting to be in the momentum of the Holy Spirit. Not the momentum of the evil one. And can we create that? Yes, we can. Now, let's, uh, let's keep, keep this in mind as I move forward. Okay, I got gained by motion a series of events. Okay. Now, I'm going to do this one. Newton's laws of motion. This is, uh, this is the simple laws of, of, of physics. It says, in the first law of Newton's laws, this is just natural law versus God's law, an object will not change its motion unless uh, a force acts on it. Right? In other words, if I'm going to move this, uh, then a force has got to, to, to pull it over. That, be that begins a momentum. Now, same way in the spirit. The Holy Spirit is a force that's trying to push against us, wanting us to... And you'll say, well, didn't the Holy Spirit a little pushy? Duh. Yes. Because He's trying to get us to move. Again, baptism today. What created the baptism today? Holy Spirit pushes. It creates a momentum. I know that something has started in that young man's life. And also in the young lady also. Yeah. Oh, why? Because of the baptism? Well, yeah. But also because they moved when the Holy Ghost said move. That's right. So it's very important to be, for us to be very sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Not be hard-headed. Say, well, okay, God, say it one more time and I'll move. Right? We, we, we want to do better than that. And I'll show you why. Acts 1.8, But be ye received power after the Holy Ghost is upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to all the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, here's the second law. The force on an object is equal to its mass times its acceleration. I want to give you a little example of that. Let me read this first. If you jump off a cliff, the law of gravity will affect you. You will not affect gravity, for it is the law of God. I mean, grab, grab you a mountain and jump and say, well, I've decided that this law of gravity is not going to affect my outcome today. Guess what? I don't care what you think. What you think is not going to change the law of gravity that God's created. So is this law of momentum. Now, I want you to sit there again. Hang with me, and I'll show you something here. Maybe. Okay. God's laws were created for our good. So momentum's created for our good. It's a spiritual law. Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatever you soweth, and you shall also reap. 
Or what you sow is a type of a, of a resolve in a moment. And I'm wanting you to, uh, my, part of my hope is that prophetically the, the um, value of a decision in a moment, I hope that this value starts to increase within your spirit after today, that you realize that a moment, a resolve in a moment is huge. The enemy tries to get God's people to stay in a place of a maybe. Most Christians... 90% of their lives, what's going on in them is a maybe, which equals nothing. It holds us into a, if you can, and I'm not saying there's not some maybes out there. There are some maybes out there, but our whole life's not supposed to be one big maybe because it doesn't create a spiritual momentum. Now let's look at this other one, the third law, Newton's laws of motion. Y'all feel like you're in school again? Third law, when two objects interact, they apply forces to each other of equal magnitude in opposite direction. What's this one? Every action has an opposite and equal reaction. You've heard that. Every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Now, this is just truth. That's all. Somebody comes up to you and calls you all kinds of names or whatever. There is a reaction to come out of us usually, right? I want us to see this. Is it, do you remember Newton's cradle? I meant to bring it and I forgot to. It's a, it's a little, little, call it Newton's cradle. It's got like five steel balls on it. and You pick up one and let it go, and then the one on the other end will kick out. Does anybody remember that? Uh, it's called Newton's cradle. I meant to bring it... Uh, Momentum that is gained by motion. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, okay, my video part's not going to work. Um, but in this, you can see the middle one or the end one. What happens is that steel ball, I wish I'd have brought it, but that steel ball can hit the other balls. They don't move, but the other one at the end moves. That's just a law of physics. It's a spiritual law also. In other words, we can be sitting in this room. You can say something to somebody, then you can say something to somebody, and then they can say something to somebody. And somebody on the, about the fourth or the fifth time is going to react to what the first person said. That's right. That's just the way it works. Um... Asbury Revival, what's happening? One ball's going, it's going through four or five people, and then somebody else is reacting, they're going to Asbury. Let me show you the significance of this. Uh, John said, Very, very last saying to you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. It's a natural, spiritual law. <clears throat> I want to show you something here and get in your mind that momentum is gained by a series of events. In other words, we all have events in our lives. This coming week, you'll have quite a few. Some good, some bad. 
we all are looking for a life or a week or a day that everything's rosy and it's just a straight line downhill, right? With no, with no uh, obstacles. If I could just get me a, just a day that there's no obstacles and everything's going downhill. Well, keep that in mind. Now you see on the right there, if you were in physics class, and I, trust me, I'm getting off of physics here in a minute. On the right there, you can see uh, this one, this instructor here actually has two steel balls up here. And here I'm going to show a little video here in a second. This is a straight plane. You see that? And this one's wavy. You see that? Now, which one of these paths... If I, if I could grab this piece of wood and jerk it straight out, this path is longer than that path. Is everybody with me? Or you feel like you're in class and you're wanting to go to sleep? <laughs> please, please don't. Okay, this path is actually longer than that path, even though they both end up at the same place. Now, keep that in mind. The valleys of life can create momentum in life. Don't waste the opportunity to gain momentum. Now, I want to show you a little something. This is just true. If you're a believer or not a believer, it's still true. Something's going to happen here. It's got a valley, and then it's got a hill. It's got a valley, and then it's got a hill. It's got a valley, and then it's got a hill. Well, all of a sudden... The length of one path over the other one is longer. So you would think the one on the left would take more time to go down than the one on the right. Right? Now, let's watch this. Romans 8. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. So you can say, but Alan, I'm looking for, just give me a week that everything's downhill and straight. Well, I'm the one, it's probably not going to happen. You can even buy a week at the, a vacation at the beach, and it's not all downhill. Something's going to happen. So, but keep in mind, to a believer, all things work together for good. The power of momentum. Now, uh, she's going to show us a little video here of that. Hopefully, we'll see how good we are here. Elements. But this illustrates the same concept. Everybody has seen an inclined plane. But I've got two ramps here. One is the straight ramp, and the other one is the ones with the dips and the hills. Let's see, see which one gets to the bottom first. Both ramps, which gets to the bottom first. One can make a good argument in favor of this one, which is shorter. Some people say it's going to be the same because the height at the top and at the bottom are the same. But we'll let you make your own decision. We'll put the two balls at the top. I'll hold them with the pencil so my fingers don't somehow 
Okay, flip me back to my slides. Is it not, it doesn't, it doesn't it's kind of, it looks like an illusion, but it's not. The, the one that was longer, the ball got down there faster, and there's a reason. It's because that ball had to go through a valley and climb a mountain, go through a valley and climb a mountain, go through. See, what happened was, the one on the, where our left, gained what's called a momentum. The one that had a straight line, no obstacles, had but one speed. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. So, we're all sitting here with different crises, different valleys of our life, not realizing that a valley is an opportunity to build momentum to go over the next hill. To be plunged into a valley to gain more momentum to go up to the next hill to hit a valley. To, so the, have you ever noticed that that's the Christian life? Yes. Anybody? You don't say come to Jesus and all your troubles will be over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, that's not the way this thing works. So here's my point. Prophetically, we want to start getting tuned in with, with the things of God. And understand that every valley you've been in your, into in your life, you say, well, I wish it never happened. Well, it's too late, it already has. <laughs> but it can be used for your good. If you'll catch the momentum of that thing, you'll actually get to the bottom of the hill quicker than someone that hasn't. So there's a great gain there. Um, now, as we get back to momentum... Well, I'm not working it again, did I? I was afraid that video might mess us up. <laughs> there we go. Now, uh, now let me ask you this question. Are we going to same subject, different example? What does a coach do when his opposing team is racking up points on the scoreboard? What does a coach usually do? Time out. Time out. In other words, you're playing basketball, your opponent, they just racked up 10 or 12 points. Bam, 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 bam. What's the, what does the coach do on the opposing team? Time out. Why do you do a time out? You're trying to break the momentum. You're trying to stop the momentum. So let's say that you're walking with God. What does the enemy do? Well, you can, that's exactly right. You can be knocking her down for God. Everything feels like it's going wonderful. Then all of a sudden, the enemy says, time out. He's trying to break your momentum. 
That's the reason he's trying to... Something happens, a crisis happens. You go down into a valley, say, okay, enemy, watch this. I'm going to take advantage of my valley because I'm gaining speed where I'm going because greater is he that is in me than you in this world. But we have to make a conscious decision and use the Scripture in that moment to turn a physical worldly experience into a spiritual momentum that pulls us out of the worldly valley. Are you, are you getting that? That is just the truth as Christians. I know a lot of, I've already said, well, Alan, you shouldn't make a positive confession of things that are going wrong. And, and uh, I heard somebody ask, I was at a meeting, Paul Kane, and uh, he had been chastised for saying that he didn't feel good. He didn't feel good. And he said, well, I've been chastised before I got up here. They said it wasn't a positive confession, so he said, I'm going to give you one. I'm positive that I don't feel good. <laughs> and uh, he said, but I'll tell you this, God's going to heal me before I get done this message. And he did. And he did. The main thing here is to understand we're in this life. God's with us in this life. What in the world's going on? Everybody in here has got some type of past that they're not proud of. If you don't have any, I got some extra. I'd be <laughs> glad to give it to you. It's, a, not, it's not that I'm proud of it, but it is that I can, it can be used for my good if I process it properly. Why is it that God wants us to walk into forgiveness? Forgiving ourselves. Why? It's because that forgiveness... It's what creates the momentum for the next climb. Now, let me move on quickly here. He calls a timeout to break their momentum. It is a spiritual law that takes effect when we are successful in our endeavors. Momentum creates a vacuum that pulls resources and people into your life. Just like with, with Asbury, easy example. They've got a momentum going and it's pulling people all over the globe. Why? What is it? Is it because God's there or because the hunger of God's people is creating this, this vacuum of people wanting to meet God and to find God? The only thing I can tell you with all the people that's going there, some news reporter has surely given us some bad news because I thought there wasn't but about eight or ten Christians left in the United States. <laughs> Where are they all coming from? Right? There's a lot of people who are fed up with like it is. So they're catching the momentum of the movement of the Spirit of God. I have, uh, let's see what else I got here. I'm going to wrap this one up. To respond correctly in the valleys of life propels us to new heights in the Spirit. Are you with me? Yes. To respond correctly in the valleys of life propels us to the new heights of the Spirit. Our adversary, the devil, is constantly trying to keep us from putting points on our scoreboard of life. Constantly he's doing that. When our enemy gives us a full court press, now watch this, somebody, we must not fold under his pressure, but instead trust God to turn this valley into our 
victory. Now you can think it's about the victory over that valley. But the victory, what the enemy's concerned about is if you keep gaining this momentum, the damage you'll do to his kingdom. The greater the momentum, when that train hits the greater, if you stop, if you don't stop the momentum of a church that's running after God, the enemy fears it greatly. Now I've got a. Uh, I'm going to probably stop there. So how can we experience the spiritual momentum? Visitation saves us. Visitation propels us. And visitation changes the atmosphere. Visitation changes the atmosphere. Now there's another, which I'm, I'm out of time. So there's a... If I went on with this teaching today, which I won't because it'll take another hour or so, I'll show you, and I can go ahead and say this and you'll get a lot of it. Let me see what I got on my slide there. Why shift atmosphere? Watch this, Job 10.2. Thou hast granted me life and favor, and thy visitation hath done what? Is a visitation from God a good thing? That is a good thing. Now, if this church will take a moment, um, and have a resolve, and have a hunger, which I know is already here, I'm just encouraging you, for a visitation of God, it'll preserve your life and much more. The more we lay down, the greater the visitation. Let me see what this is. Oh, and I'm going to stop after this slide, I promise. <laughs> Changing the spiritual atmosphere by redeeming the time. By redeeming the time. God is building momentum in His people by giving them the revelation and ability to redeem time. So, Alan, what is that? To follow Christ is to follow the reason... In the time that God created you, you must own where you are in life to have the authority of time in your life. Now, why, why do we build a momentum? The reason we build a momentum is God, is, it takes a momentum to be in the time redeeming business. Uh, the young man again, what's his name again? Ishan. Ishan, you have started in a place, in a moment, or with a, with a resolve that has started a momentum, a spiritual momentum in your life. If you keep running towards God, that momentum will gain. The enemy will try to stop you. Just understand, he's trying to stop your momentum. That's what he's trying to stop. As you are running... With momentum, it's redeeming all of the time that you lost. Anybody believe that? Did you know we're in the time-redeeming business? How's it done? It's through momentum. 
We start gaining. We start running. We start running towards God. You can say, but Alan, I did this in my past. I did that in my past. Well, God's in the redeeming business. He redeems the time that you lost. That's another whole teaching. I'll come back one day and take you through it if you're interested in it. And so, now watch this. It takes time to create movement. To agree with time sets things in motion. The beginning of momentum. If you have, in other words, we look around you. We can see the times that we're setting in. Make an evaluation. This is the times we're setting in. Right, in these times, you have authority over what you own. You don't have authority over something you don't own. Right? In other words, uh, I have to take authority over my own behavior. As long as I'm blaming somebody else for my behavior... The somebody else owns my time. So you have authority over what you own. So therefore, I'm going to own my actions in time. Spiritually, it therefore puts me in a place of authority over my actions. I can blame you for my actions. That means I've given you the authority over my actions. But you got to own your actions. Don't blame anybody. Own them. Why do you want to own them? So you can do something about it. As long as you're blaming somebody else, you don't own it, you can't do nothing about it. You have no spiritual jurisdiction over it because you've given that authority to somebody else and, you're, and you're, whoever you're blaming. Now, everybody got that? We need to own the spiritual condition of America right. as a church. That's right. Now, we can give, blame the devil all you want to. The only thing it's going to do is keep happening. We need to own this time and redeem it. We just cry out to God, God forgive us for where we've fallen short and as the Holy Ghost shows you in your own personal life. Own it. What you own, you got authority over. If you got authority over it, you can do something about it. That's how the church redeems time. Redeem this young man's life. It's being redeemed right before your very eyes, as well as the rest of us. Right? So it's important to create this spiritual momentum. We've got a revival moving in our land. It needs to begin in us as the young man. I think a wonderful example about the ten virgins. Right? He had to get it himself. What, what happened when he got it himself? He owned his condition. He didn't blame somebody. Well, God's not here. He, can't, he owned it and said, no, I'm not here. That's what he did. He owned it. The moment you own it, something can change. But God can't change it because God changes things in the moment, which creates a momentum. <laughs> a momentum. And as we run in this momentum, when we start gaining momentum, 
time starts getting redeemed. What Satan meant for evil, God's going to use it for good. Yes, it's a valley, but that very valley is going to speed up our momentum. Because all things work together for good. Has all this farmer jumble made any sense at all? This church, if it'll capture and catch the momentum, you can. I've heard. You know, there's some people now out there now trying to criticize what they're not doing right at Asbury. I'm like, you are one bold redneck. That's all I do. Listen, the idea is is to see where our hearts are, where our heart, own everything, just own where you are. If you'll own where you are, yeah. If I am having, if I fall out with somebody, I'm hoping I'm the one that's wrong because I know I can fix it. Can somebody hear what I'm trying to say? I want to own it. You can say, well, Alan, they hurt me on purpose. Or James Robinson say one time, well, forgive them on purpose. <laughs> own it. Yeah. What we own, you got to understand in the spirit, we got to own it before we can do something about it. That's how we have authority over things. We're going to have authority over the sin of our nation. But we have to own it first. Good. Then we got authority over it. Good. Are you with me? But I'm going to stop there uh, with, and because if you'll consider these things and put them to practice, you'll be redeeming time. And you're already doing that. It's not that you're not. I'm just trying to give you a language of what's happening spiritually. And also why it's important if, if uh, I had a dream years ago, and in the dream I was sitting in a set of bleachers, and I was sitting... Here and, and the angel of the Lord was sitting beside me, and it was it was up until this time I always thought the angel of the Lord maybe was the Lord, but it wasn't because in this dream there's an angel of the Lord and the Lord was sitting in front of us, and we were at this ball game, and uh, it was a a tee ball game. Anybody know what a tee ball game is? where you put the ball on the stick and, and the little kids, they swing at it and they might hit the ball. And the prop, Most time they just hit the stick. And the ball goes down and they say, run, run, run. And they'll go to third base, right? They, they don't know what they're doing. Playing t-ball. Well, in this dream, in this dream, grown people were playing t-ball. And they were doing a terrible job. And, and the Lord was sitting up there, and he'd jump up, and he'd clap, and just say what a good job they were doing. And that went on, for it seemed like forever and a day in the dream. But I looked over at the angel, I said, is that the Lord? And he said, yeah. I said, does he not realize they're not doing a very good job? And he said, he's just excited that you're playing. And then I woke up from the dream. Before I woke up, I said, well, who is it? He said, it's, it's his church. And then I woke up from the dream. And uh, so ever since that dream, and I stand in here before you today, we could stand at Asbury. At best, everybody's playing t-ball, y'all. 
we're not doing that good a job. The Lord just wants to know where you play. Get out there and try. Just swing at something. Just swing at something. It's not that you do this thing just right and the Lord shows up. That's not it. Now, our best days, filthy rags. In our best day, it's not that good. Not that we don't want to try to do well. Of course, you're playing t-ball. You want to do the best you can. But understand what's really happening. The Lord loves us. He's just happy we're down here trying to do it. And He'll meet us here. He'll redeem our time. He'll set us up in a momentum that we can run fast and we think we're doing it all and He's making it all happen behind the scenes. <laughs> because He loves His children. He loves us. Well, preacher, I'm going to stop. Time for me to hush and let these people go. But let me pray for you. I hope something that I've said maybe perhaps has given you a understanding of where we are this year. The Holy Spirit of God is being released. When I gave this message first at a church in the first week of January, same message I've given at churches. Um, the Lord's already, I said, the Lord has shown me He's going to really, He's going to do it this year. He's going to pour out His Spirit. Just understand, as He pours out His Spirit, we're playing T-ball. Don't judge everybody when they foul. You, you won't. I've been in a, a full-blown revival before, three to five years. That thing was incredible. We learned in that revival, man, a pastor, Jeff Rowland. You know, some people would start giving a testimony. And, and the preaching isn't what does it, just like an Asbury. It's the hearts and the hunger of the people. And we learned in that revival, somebody come up and give a testimony. Well, have you ever been in a situation somebody gives a testimony and, and after a while you think, well, I just wish they would hush and sit down. Has anybody ever been there? You know, they just keep talking too long. Well, let me tell you something. Suck it up. Because that's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt anybody in the, in the... In, don't think that somebody giving a testimony and they're talking too long don't think that's going to hinder the Holy Spirit. But your religious spirit will. Thinking, oh, if they don't hush, they're going to hinder the Spirit. If he's going to hinder the Spirit, he wouldn't show it up to start with. Just understand what we're looking at. When you see like Asbury, kids up there singing. I was watching it late one night, and the boy couldn't carry a tune in the bucket. Bless his heart. The boy playing the guitar, he did the right string every now and then. He's just worshiping God. Just worshiping God. Also, when I was in this revival, it's been 25 years ago now, there was a man in the church, and he was, he was, a, he was a booger, is all I can say. He was a booger. Did nothing ever suit him. Always had something negative. But in this outpouring, he came up to me, and he was crying. His name was Joe. I said, Joe, what is, what's going on? He said, Alan, I don't know, but I just love everybody in here. <laughs> he didn't know. He just loved everybody in there. And that's what I'm saying. When, when the Lord is truly in our midst, 
We're playing t-ball. It's the love of God. I'm going to tell you one other dream. I had a, this one's third, over 30 years ago. and In the dream, I was standing in a... It's kind of almost dusky dark, not quite, but the angel of the Lord standing beside me. And I looked down front, and it looked like 10 tombstones. It wasn't tombstones. Don't, don't go there. But, it, but it's what it looked like, you know, just a tombstone, you know. And there was 10 of them. And I walked up a little closer in the dream, and I, and I started reading. It was the Ten Commandments. There's a commandment on each stone. It wasn't tombstone, it was just a rock. And I looked at the angel and I said, well, what is that? And he said, it's God's message to the earth. That's what he said. He said, it's God's message to the earth. And it's in the earth, that there it is. And I said, wow, God's got a pretty stout message. <laughs> the angel said, yes. He said, but, he said, now listen, Alan. God's love was greater than His own message. So He had to fulfill His own message for mankind because His love was greater than His own message to the earth. Can anybody hear what, I'm, what that angel told me? He looked at me and said, So Alan, when you preach... Be sure your love's greater than your message. A lot of us would argue over our message. But if we do, we're missing the point. The whole idea of the cross of Christ, the whole reason we're here, is because there's something called the love of God. I've seen some people in Toronto experience this. I've got a few touches of it, but not like that. But I heard the angel in the dream. He said, Alan, God's love was greater than His own message. He said, nobody will hear your message if your love for them is not greater than your message. I'll leave you with that thought. That your love would be greater than your own message. Don't think you're going to get everything just right. But if you'll let the love of God take you over, it doesn't make any difference. You'll love everybody. You'll say, but Alan, what about this or what about that? I don't know. You'll just love everybody. <laughs> It'll get you in a mess. But the love of God will cover a multitude of sins. So, Lord Jesus, I want to pray. If anybody would, uh, I'm going to pray that you have a greater encounter with the love of God, that you might leave from here and create a fresh momentum, and that you would realize that you're agreeing with God is what causes your momentum to speed up. When you hit a valley this next week that you realize, well, this is my opportunity to move quicker. God will give me momentum to go through this. And it'll give me greater speed so we can truly see the love of God. So if you would, you know, don't stand just because somebody else stands, but if you really want to, let me pray for you. 
that you'd receive more of this love of God that's greater than any message. I'm not devaluing the message of the gospel. I hope you can hear that. But I'm saying we can shoot for something higher because we think it's our message. What I'm saying is going to talk somebody into it. You weren't talked into You came to God because of His love. Because of the love of God. Now we want to do right and live right. I'm not saying we don't. But what drew you to Him was His love and His forgiveness. Why? Because He's going to redeem your time. Remember, God's love is in the redeeming business. So if you want me to pray that for you, stand. Now, I'm used to getting what I ask for, so be careful. I might just be a farmer, but every time I plant corn, I expect a harvest. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for these people in this place. I thank you for what has been going on here and what has begun here. I pray for this congregation. I pray in the name of Jesus. Dear God, give us a revelation that your love's greater. Let our love be greater even than our own message. That the message you give us can be heard. I pray, oh God, for a baptism of your love upon this congregation of the revelation that God loves me. I pray for it like I saw it in Toronto in the hearts of the people here. That the love of God would be poured upon your people. The love of God would be poured upon your people. That we might judge all things through the love of the Father. I pray, oh God, for a fresh momentum in this place. Fresh momentum. Let them catch what you've already started. And let them run. Let them run fast. Let them run hard. That your glory might be seen upon this earth. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.